Pro Sports Talk with your hosts, Clay Evanson and Scott Albin. With my youngest daughter, and we get there about the same time as uh, the bus gets there. Girls get off the bus, start walking into school. About five minutes later, they start walking back out. And the school's kind of under construction, so I'm thinking, okay, maybe the gym, they're redoing the gym or something, so we got to go to the ninth grade center, which is where they played for seventh and eighth grade games last year. And so I pull up next to the bus and talk to the JV coach, and she says, well, North Crowley is at our school. So while we were at North Crowley High School, the team we were supposed to play was at our high school. So that game got canceled. Yep, yep, yep. So that that that's been our last couple days. So communication hasn't been there. So tell me about the uh, football jamboree that you got to experience Friday. Yeah, um, man. So Thursday, Kate told me they had a Cade. My son told me they had a. Um, jamboree friday night and he was invited and it was a varsity jamboree he's only in ninth he's in ninth grade and i'm like oh well that's exciting and um turns out they only invited four kids from the jv team to come and it was about a 40 minute drive to get to where we're going and i was kind of excited until i saw the kids run out on the field and dude there's some legit 260 270 pound kids Mm mm-hmm the other team, you know, on our team and the other team, um, on the varsity team. And I'm sitting there with my rock star buddy. I, I don't know. My, one of my best friends is the drummer for a band called Jackal. <laughs> He's got a kid on the JV team and the varsity team. And I'm sitting there and I let him go, Hey man, if our kids don't get out there, it won't hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah. So they ended up not playing, but the varsity looked good. We've got a new head coach. Um, he's actually from this high school, and he's coming up. He's he's coming back home. He was coaching in Greenville, about forty-five minutes away, and um, in ten years, he had three state championships, and I think they went to went to the state finals like seven times, but they won it three times. So everybody's really excited. And the cool thing is um, we're transitioning away from that boring high school run-only offense that 80% of the schools do. We're about a 70% pass offense now. Nice. Dude, it is fun to watch. So our first drive um, the other night, the the son or the um, starting quarterback for the varsity team is the uh, son of the athletic director. And he's a good athlete. He's not real big, but he's a real good athlete. And um, like the third play of the game, he threw like a 40-yard touchdown down the sideline. I mean, just dropped it in a basket. Perfect. And started out the game 7 nothing. I think we ended up winning went in by six points, something like that. We had a defensive stand on the 10-yard line with 10 seconds left to go on fourth down, stopped him, and ended up winning the game. But nice. – my son, oh, I me- I said he was 5'8". I measured him yesterday. He's 5'9 and an eighth and 145 pounds. He needs to start eating. Yeah, he's, dude, he's shredded. Like, I mean, he's muscular looking, but he's thin. Yeah. 
So, but you know, he's he'll be 15 in October. I imagine they put him on a pretty strict, um, pretty tough weightlifting program this summer. And dude, I'm not kidding. You, week by week, you could tell he was getting bigger. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it was kind of cool because they were working out two hours a day, five days a week. Right. And then going out on the field for two hours afterwards. So that's what we did this week. I went and watched him sit on the bench. He's not used to that because he's um he's a good guy. <laughs> he's not used to not not being, being on the right exactly. And I was kind of stressed out about picking him up, you know, at the high school afterwards, thinking he's gonna be mad. And I said, Hey man, you know, sorry you didn't get in the game. He goes, It's okay. I didn't really think they would, you know, put us in the game. It's fine. But I expected him to be like, this is such crap. Can't believe they didn't, they dressed me on it. Cause he's, he's, he's a fiery dude, man. Like he wants to play. So what was really cool is earlier in the week, um, that, you know, they've got him pegged as a quarterback and I think he's better at defensive end and all summer they've been telling him, no, you're our quarterback. You're not playing defense. And um, last week's scrimmage, the coach told him, stop asking me to play defense. Just don't ask anymore. And so the next scrimmage, which was earlier this week, um, he went out, did the quarterback thing, did a good job, threw two touchdowns, no picks, ran for about 100 yards. But he ran out on defense on our second set on defense. And I'm like, what is going on here? So after the game, I asked him, I said, I said, hey, man, how in the world did you get out there on defense? He said, well, the head coach said quit asking him. So I went and asked the defensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said the defensive coordinator is like, I, maybe I'll let you play safety. And my son goes, no, I'm the best defensive end you've got. So put me out on defensive end. I'll stop him. And so after a little bit, the guy gave in, said, all right, run out on defensive end. And when the defense ran out, the head coach said, Kate, where are you going? And Kate just looked at him and said, I'm going to play defense. <laughs> and he ran out there. And he ended up playing defense the rest of the day. So they're really, really happy with him on defense. <clears throat> so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. It'll be cool. Yeah, that, that does sound cool. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it is it is interesting. I mean, obviously, we've had our lives and our time with you know, with our sports. And so it's kind of, kind of different watching your kids, you know, go, go down yeah, this yeah. path that, that we've been, obviously mine is going to be different than yours. Cause you know, with, with my daughter playing volleyball and my other one being in dance, obviously there's just right. not, you know, the, the similarity and stuff like that is, is there, um, you know, you're, you're talking about your, your high schools, your son's high schools offense. Yeah. So when I, when I played, we, we were pretty much an eye, you know, we were pretty much eye and counters and that sort of thing. Yep. We had good running backs and stuff like that. Well, our high school here, they don't take a snap under center. We don't, we're not doing that either. And, it's all and now. Right. And I, I, I don't know in, in South Carolina if they have a play clock or not, but they have it here. We do. They try to snap every play before 10 seconds oh wow so they're running fast they are running fast i mean we we went and watched a, a couple of years ago when they went to state it was i think it, it might have been the quarterfinals 
playoffs. It was down in a down, you know, because they always play in neutral sites here. Yeah. Um, so it was down in Waxahachie and is a team from Dallas. At halftime, it was like 49 to 52. Good grief. Yeah, because they, they ran the same type of offense. So, I mean, it was, it was like watching a tennis match. Like, it'd be okay. They have the possession, boom, 20 yards, 20 yards, touchdown. Like, what? And then wow. they don't, and then if they don't have a kicker, yeah. they pretty much try to onside kick it every time or they just do a high pooch kick so that they fair catch it at the 40. Right, right. So That's- it's, yeah. So then it's like, okay, we're just going to outscore them. We're not going to stop them on defense. So then it just becomes like a, you know, almost like a seven on seven, right? Yeah. Who scores last? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it, it's 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 really fun. It's fun to watch our football team. Um, they've had a couple of good quarterbacks here the last couple of years. Um, so it'll be interesting to see this year because I don't know who they have at quarterback and what it's going to entail. Right. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, we play it at the highest the highest level. So we're six A school. Um, in our district, we have two two schools that are perennial um, state contenders, right. which is DeSoto and Cedar Hill. Okay. And uh, I mean, you want to you want to talk about some fast kids, man? They can they they can move. Um. So yeah, it's it's every year it's going to be interesting. And the funny thing, we just made the jump to six A last year. Yeah. And we were over the threshold of enrollment by three kids. Oh, wow. So I figured, you know, making that jump from 5A to 6A and only being over like three kids. I mean, in in essence, we're still playing with a population or, you know, enrollment, right, of a a high-end 5A school. I figured we're going to be at the bottom three in the district. And I think we ended up fin- we ended up finishing second. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you, so was, do you go to the games? I do. I go to I go to as many as I can, and especially with with Hannah being a freshman this year, I'm gonna pretty much be at all of them. Dude, it's um, a fun atmosphere. Oh, I, I love mean, it. High school football. It's it's a really fun atmosphere. Everybody's excited. <clears throat> it's your community. Yeah. And it's your kids. Um, dude, it's it's a fun atmosphere. We love it, and especially now that we live in you know, somewhat rural South Carolina. Everybody knows everybody. It's like it's a big it's like going to it's like going to church. Everybody knows yeah. everybody. You're like, it's great to see everybody. <laughs> Everybody's high fiving and hugging and <clears throat> we are um we're five minutes. Our high school is five minutes from um Clemson's football stadium. So okay. uh, it is a pretty it's a football town. Yeah. But we we're only three A. We beat the team we beat in the Jamboree the other night, um, they, they were not expecting us to beat them. They're a five A school, um, and they're they're typically pretty good. They're up near Greenville. They're not far from Greenville. It's a team called Easley, but um, they were pretty shocked. And we were playing them at their place. They hosted the Jamboree, so that was kind of cool. I'm, everybody's really excited here. But hey, let's move on to. Um, the topics of the week, man, there's some stuff going on. What do you got for me? Well, if we want to stay in the football realm, um, sure. Looking at, uh, 
the NFL. So the the latest news coming out of there, um, two two high headliners is Josh Gordon is reinstated with the New England Patriots. Yep. And Jay Z is now partnering with, and his well, not him, but I guess his company that he owns is now partnering with the NFL to provide the NFL entertainment for the Super Bowl for yep. whatever you know pregame festivities that sort of thing. So. Those are the, the two new, <clears throat> two biggest. Well, I read he, he's going to have a significant ownership in the team. Yeah, I didn't. Did I didn't you see that? No, I did not see that. The only thing I saw was that his Rock Nation or whatever you want to call it um, is basically the entertainment ver- en- entertainment entity of the NFL now. So, um, you know, getting into, I, I don't know if we want to get into it, but. You know, he, yeah, he's, I don't want to get into politics. <laughs> we all know so, where we stand on that. But yes, yes, sir. So what's the significant what what happened with Josh Gordon that I thought he had a lifetime ban? Like, I did what, too. Um because he's a what a now it's been two times that he's broken the substance abuse policy. Yeah, something like that. And um yeah, so he's he's on a conditional reinstatement so obviously he's under an extremely close watch he'll probably be drug tested two to three times a day i would assume um but i mean yeah so i mean it's it's crazy check this out so I, i looked into it just a little bit and apparently the patriots put out a um press release on it but then um but then Bill Belichick was asked about it. So listen to this clip. He was asked about whether, uh, if, if he had anything to add to uh, their press release. So check this out. That's it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, could you hear it? No, I couldn't. Oh, you couldn't hear it? Okay. So, Bill Belichick was asked, um, he said, so you put out a statement today. Was there anything you like to add that? And he goes, nope. <laughs> and then um, he says, so there's nothing you'd like to add that? And he goes, no, that's why we put out a statement. And they're like, yeah. Uh, okay. That was it. Classic Bill Belichick. You know, I, <clears throat> I, I really, I like, a lot of people might not like how he handles the media, but I love it because, I mean, let, let, let's be honest here. They ask some stupid questions. And, and it's it's questions and like um oh who Aaron Rodgers was saying the other day, a lot of these people, these journalists, they ask these questions just for clickbait material. Right. You know, it's like they're trying to trick you into saying the wrong thing so that they can get the headlines and get the following on Twitter and Instagram and all these other things so that their popularity increases. Yes. And I love the way that he answers questions. He's he's a lot like like Greg Popovich too. You know, yeah. for the for the Spurs, and it's just—I mean—it's cut and dry, and it's like I'm not going to talk about my players. I'm going to talk about the game, and it's going to be very minimal because I'm not giving you a lot of info. What you saw on the field is what you saw. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, there you go. You know, and <clears throat> I mean, it's just—it's crazy how these these people try to spiral and and bait you into these extra stories that aren't even true. True. Yeah. Yeah. I. I love the way he handles it. So, 
what what else were you talking about? Um, Josh Gordon, Jay Z, the Jay Z thing. Honestly, I could I couldn't care less. I'm it, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Money does what money does, and I don't care. The only the only the only thing I could see a potential problem with this is is he is an agent. He oh that's right he's a sports agent right so how is his company whether that's his sports agent company or not how is it not going to affect things with the NFL in their office if he's a part of that office now right. You know what I mean? So, and then, and then you add in the NFLPA. I mean, you know, is, is he going to start getting involved with that because he represents a bunch of the players? Like, is he going to start now all of a sudden 50% of the NFL is going to go to him and he's going to be their agent. So now he basically is running the NFLPA. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it can just, yeah. it, it can get to a point where it could almost get out of control. Yeah. It, it could get a little crazy. Uh, hey, <clears throat> this is the last weekend without college football this year. That is so, true. Next week, I'm trying to remember uh, who plays next week. Florida, uh, Miami, and Florida. Oh, Miami, Florida play the next week? I believe so. I'm looking it up right now. Um, let's see. Week one, yeah, 24th, Miami at Florida, and then Arizona at Hawaii. Oh, Those are Great. Those are the, the first, you know, big name. At least but it's they, not. You know, sometimes they start the season off and it's it's a dud. Morgan State Bowling Green, which is starting Thursday. Right. But and that's the best game you got. But man, Miami and Florida next weekend is dude, that's exciting. That is. That is that, that means uh, football is here. Well, and, and you you brought up the other the other time or the other day about the Miami quarterback who beat out yeah. what, what was what was that that whole deal? Tate Martell. All right. So listen, when Justin Fields entered the transfer portal in the NCAA and it came out that he was interested in going to Ohio State, Tate Martell was at Ohio State and he tweeted Tate Martell tweeted out, don't even bother coming here, you'll never start or something like that because Tate Martell thought he had it on lockdown. Well, Justin Fields didn't really care, and he, he, he signed with Ohio State. Well, as soon as Justin Fields signed with Ohio State, Tate Martell entered the transfer portal and went to Miami. Everybody thought he was going to be the starting quarterback in Miami. Well, last week, the head coach from Miami has announced he's given the starting job to a freshman quarterback. I can't remember his name. And so Tate Martell was like, don't come to Ohio because Ohio State because I got the job. Then he left going to Miami thinking he's got the job. And now he doesn't have the job in Miami either. <laughs> and so today I read that they're they're contemplating putting him at wide receiver at mm. Miami. So it just goes to show don't be too cocky. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and especially what you put out there in social media, and I mean, yeah, yeah that's it's just crazy. Why would you just keep your mouth shut? Yeah, the it, sport, and and I, you know, it's funny because I was talking to my, I was talking to Hannah about this the other day. Sports has a way to humble people. Oh yeah, 
And if you get too big for your britches, you think you're better than somebody else or bigger than the game, there's always going to be, at some point, something that will knock you down off your pedestal and make you humble. All right. So speaking of which, did you see what Akuna did? I did. And it was not Akuna Matata. No. And you know what? Major props to the manager. So if you guys yes, missed it, Akuna hit a ball. And I do love Akuna. I think he's amazing. <clears throat> Ronald Akuna Jr. Acuna Jr. hit a ball he thought was gone and he pimped it. I mean, pimped it. If you've seen the video, actually, we're going to bring up the video in the uh, in the YouTube live. He hit the ball, totally pimped it. And, uh, well, let's just say the ball hit the fence and he got a single out of it. Here it is. What a pimp job. And he ended up with a single. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the, and then in the ensuing play. Okay, so they're they're down three nothing at at this point, right? Okay. So not only that, but then he ends up trying to steal second base. And oh, he gets thrown out, didn't he? Yeah, and Will Smith throws him out. He should have been on second to begin w- with. With a left handed hitter up. Oh. Yeah, so talk about a bunch of whole baseball like things that you just don't do. That was like within a matter of what four pitches that he did all that. Yeah, well, let's see what the manager had to say about it. Here, check this out. Oh, where'd the audio go? Hang on. I'm going to start this over. Here we go. So, kudos to that dude, man. 100%. Um, I love a few of the things that he said. A few of the things that he said was, um, you know, it's about the, the, the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. Right. To right. me, that's, that, that's, that's more important than anything else. I agree. And that's something we should be teaching kids from an early age. <clears throat> The name on the back is only important to your parents. Correct. The name on the front is important to everybody else there. So carry yourself like you've been there before. And, and you know what? Okay, to be fair, Acuna is a young kid with a lot of success. Mm-hmm. And um, he'll mature. I'm, I'm glad. You know, I saw a video later 
of him getting the news in the dugout from the manager, and he handled it really well. He didn't pitch a fit. He didn't throw a bat. He didn't throw a helmet. It, he, it's like he knew. He's like, yes, sir, I know. I made a mistake. So, I don't know, but, you know, the game's kind of glorifying this attitude right now. The home run pimping, the strikeout pimping, the – I don't know, and I'm kind of in between on whether I like it or not. I don't, I don't know what to think about it. You know, I, I think there's a time and a place for it. Um, like when you hit it 515 feet. Or like, yeah, well, like, you know, I mean, look at, and, and I, I, you know, I saw Bryce Harper hit that, that walk-off grand slam What'd the other think night. About that? I love the fact that he sprinted around the bases. Yeah. I loved it. Like, it, was it was like he couldn't wait to get back to his teammates. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, you know, I, I, I absolutely loved it. Not to mention that he absolutely, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a ball hit harder than that. I mean, he went upper deck in so Philly. Cool. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, you know, if, if you, if you have a big hit in a key moment in a key game, oh. go ahead and do it. You know, you look at you look at Ho- Jose Bautista a couple of years ago when he hit that home run off the Rangers to, I think it was a walk off bomb to win it in the playoffs. You know what? Even as a former pitcher, if you're gonna hit that off me, yeah, I have I have no right whatsoever to tell you what you can and cannot do. I agree because you got me, you beat me, whatever. You're not showing me up. You're you're pumped. I if if I struck him out to win that game, I'm probably doing a fist bump and screaming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know 100%. what I mean. So yeah, I'm gonna celebrate too because it's a, it's a huge moment in your not only your life but in your career in that game. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, are there things that can be overboard? Sure, but what he did, I mean, that's just a hey, look at me, look what I can do moment. You know that again, yeah. like 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 Snicker said, he put himself above the team. You know, yeah. and um. That's uh, just if if you're gonna win and you're gonna instill a championship environment with a with a young group of guys, you can't have things like this. And I think that's what he's getting at. I think, and, and I think he I think he handled it well. I think Acuna handled the I don't know the punishment or chastisement, whatever you want to call it. Right. I think he handled it well. I bet we don't see it again. Yeah, I, I would. I, I you know I would I would hope so. We'll see if he learns from it or not. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely interesting, but just to go, to go on with this, I was talking to Hannah on the way to her, her sand practice today. We were just kind of talking about being a selfish player and I don't know how it came up or whatever, but being a what? Like a selfish player. Yeah. Okay. You know, and we're kind of. Comparing and contrasting, you know, volleyball with baseball and things like that. And I said, there's probably only one player in one sport that can be selfish and it will be beneficial to the team. Who's that? The pitcher. All right. So explain it to me. If you try to strike everybody out as a pitcher. Right. And you're successful at it. Right. Your team will end up being successful. True. If you selfishly are like, I don't want this guy to get hit, I want to beat him. Because as we know, this game is a one-on-one battle between the pitcher and batter mixed into a team sport. So a pitcher can be selfish as far as like, you know, I don't want that run to score, so I'm going to throw the guy out at home 
to get the out, well, that's going to benefit the team. You know, as yeah. as compared to a hitter, if you have a runner on second and third and less than two outs and you swing three times out of your rear end to try to hit a three-run bomb instead of just hitting it to second and getting a run in, <clears throat> that's yeah. where selfishness will, you know, not benefit the team. So True. And you know, you know who was really good at that? <clears throat> was... um. Our good friend Jeff Keppinger, and he'll tell you he'll. I've seen him talk about it on video that <clears throat> he was on some teams where he knew his role as the number two hitter was to move runners over, and there were pitches that he could try to hit out that he knew my job's to move the run over the runners over to right. benefit the team, right. and um, we need to get him on the show sometime. Yeah, he's, that that would be fun to talk about. He's had a long time in the big leagues. Um, he doesn't live that far from me. We'll try to get him on the show. Speaking of hitters, Pete Alonzo is an animal, dude. The polar bear. He is an absolute animal. Set the did he tie or set the record for rookie home runs in the National League this week? That's just I mean that's did he tie it or set it? No, I think he, he set it, right? Yeah, he said it today, and Bellinger yeah. had 39. <clears throat> he said Bellinger set that a couple years ago. So Strawberry he had 39 as a rookie, didn't he? I thought. Yeah, yeah. So Bellinger and Strawberry tied. So Alonzo beat it um, with his 40th today. Okay. But he still has 12 more to go to break the MLB record, which was set by Judge. I don't know if that's going to happen. We're all, well, I don't know. There's a month and a half month left. And a half. I mean, he's got, what, 30... There's like 40 games left. He'd have to hit a, he'd have to hit a home run just every, about every other game, just about. Yeah, roughly. I don't, I don't think he's going to get there. He's on a lot slower pace since the All-Star break. Right. But um, <clears throat> the Mets' all-season record is 41. So he's one away from tying the Mets' season record. And this really shocked me. <clears throat> I didn't realize no Met had ever hit more than 41 home runs. Did you know that? Has hit no more than 40? 41. No Met, no Met player had, has ever hit more than 41 home runs. That's interesting. Daryl Strawberry, Strawberry hit 39. He mm-hmm. never hit 40 as a Met. Todd Hundley hit 41, and Carlos Beltran hit 41. Man. So in the entire history of the Mets, which is a pretty long history, they've been around a while, um, in the entire history of the Mets, nobody's hit more than 41 home runs for them. That's crazy. That is crazy. So he's going to own the NL rookie home run record and unless he gets hurt tonight or tomorrow or whatever, he's going to own the Mets record in his rookie season. That's impressive. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. So, look, we'll, I'll bring this up. We'll check out the um, rookie NL rookie home run record video real quick. Dude. But look at that pitch. Oh, yeah. I, know. I mean, that, you know, and, and when you watch the highlights, 
I mean, the, the dude's built. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him He's at all. He's a big all. boy. He's a big boy, and he swings it. But if you watch some of the highlights of these guys hitting home runs, a lot of the pitches are in the middle of the plate, thigh to belt high or higher. Yeah, they are, but <clears throat> the guys hitting eight home runs a year are seeing the same pitches. Exactly. So I just want to see this one more time, just part of this one more time. That was belt high right down the freaking middle. What was the count? It was an 0-2 count. Yeah, but look look where they – Why are you throwing that pitch right there, 0-2? Well, re- rewind that. Rewind it if you can and, and freeze it where the catcher sets up because he goes he inside, it. up he and in. Up. Right, look where his glove is. Oh, right, so he is he's, he's, talking, now. he's talking at the letters, yeah. a little bit on, on the inside corner. And when he makes contact, that thing is about where his right shoulder, the catcher's right shoulder is. Hang on. It's not playing. Hang on. All right. So, hang on. Yeah. See, he sets up above his, uh, right about his hands. Right. It looks like he's not missed. He didn't miss by much, dude. That's about where he set up. Watch. Yeah, but yeah, but O two, you can't miss there though. That's just yeah, that. That's the third pitch he he threw too. Oh, right, so you get you get up on Alonzo. Why aren't hard... you brushing him back? Or if you're gonna miss, miss up. Dude, right. Do you know what you know what this reminds me of is playing in college. My college pitching coach was. Um, my college pitching coach is is the statistician for the Turner Broadcasting System, CBS, uh-huh. and um, he used to make us run. If if we had somebody O two and they fouled it off, we owed him twenty foul poles. Mm. He was like O two, you are in the driver's seat. They shouldn't even be able to touch the ball. We right. should be moving their feet, get them off the plate, or throwing it way outside, make them chase. But they shouldn't even touch the ball. This is a piss poor. Hang on. This is a piss poor freaking O2. This should have been up around the catcher's head. Yeah. Or inside. Why? O2. 1020. That's a good pitch. You might get away with it. 20 or O2. No. This guy has to be a rookie because he's wearing, what, 90-something? Dude, he didn't kind of hit this ball. 50. He's wearing 50. Let me He let didn't kind of hit was. this ball. He freaking dropped a bomb on that. Yeah. Yeah, he did. That's crazy. Let's see who this guy is. Who was it? Number 50? Who is it? The, the Mets? Kansas City. And it was Jay Barnes. Oh, so Jacob right. Jacob Barnes, his ERA is a five five four ERA. Well, if you keep throwing pitches like this out too, it's going to stay that way. Looks like he might have just gotten called up because he only has an inning and in, in two thirds pitch. So let's give him a little bit of a break, being a rookie, I guess. Well, no, he has more. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. He's been. Looks like he came up and has, 
looks like he started this season on the big league roster. He might have gotten hurt, but he hadn't pitched in the big leagues. He stopped his last outing was in June 11th, and then he came back August 13th. Oh, well. So maybe he's hurt or he got put back down or whatnot. Yeah, but still, that's an 0-2 pitch, man. Oh, he was with the the Brewers. He got sent down to the minors. Okay. He's designated for assignment, and then the Royals picked him up. So that would... Either way, I never made it past A-ball. And I know OT, you don't throw it belt high down the middle. Yes. That's just. Hmm. Yeah. So this <clears throat> Aristides Aquino, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing his name right. Baby Eric Davis. Dude, baby Eric Davis. I think his swing looks like Glenn Bragg. Oh, he swings Glenn like, like Glenn Bragg. But when he's standing at the plate, he looks like Eric Davis to me. 11 homers in 16 games. He's batting 345. Mm-mm-mm. This is a 25-year-old rookie. How was he ever looked for five years? Did he just... I did read that he completely changed his stance and everything clicked. So, is that the case? Like, was he not good before and now he's amazing? I mean, how do you... Spend five, six, seven years in the minors, do nothing, come to the big leagues and hit 11 homers in 16 games. Yeah, that's... You're looking it up, aren't you? That's, I mean, that's just, that's crazy. Coming up and just, I mean, like it's no big deal. Uh, Not just like it's no big deal, like he dominates. Yeah. 11 homers in 16 games... That's on pace for 110 home runs a year. That's crazy. If you could keep that throughout the year, that's 110 home runs a year. Yeah, well, that wouldn't happen. But No, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> but, but that's the pace he, he's on. It's stupid. He did go 0 for 2 with two walks today, though. Oh, really? Yeah, so he's, he's calmed down so for he's a ele- day. 11 homers and 17 <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I'd walk him twice too. Well, okay, so looking at his his numbers right here, he's played 16 games. Yeah, he's had 55 at bats, one double. Okay, which that is that's kind of ridiculous, right? So he's had one double out of 16 games, but he's had 11 home runs. How about this? 11 homers. He's only scored 15 times. Yeah. So, 53 total bases. He's walked four times and struck out 14. 44 of them are homers. Mm-hmm. 44 of his total base, 44 of his 55 total bases are homers. Yeah, and he's hitting 345. That's nuts, dude. I'd take it. I'll tell you this much. His, um, <clears throat> his baseball cards went from being worth 50 cents to I see some of them as much as three, four, five hundred dollars now. Mm. It's crazy. Right. The, uh, I don't know if you know, but the last three or four years, the baseball card industry has picked back up. It is on fire. Really? It is insane. The 80s and 90s and two, early two, in the 2000s, 
were a dumpster fire for the collection industry. And um, the baseball card people got smart and they started doing limited runs of everything. They used to just print everything as fast as they could. And um, now everything's numbered. Um, they limit the number of cases they print, the number of cards they print. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you really ought to check it out. If you want to get into it, one of the best ways to get into it is um, Jeff Keppinger, we mentioned earlier, he's doing card breaks. I didn't know what card breaks were until earlier this year. They'll buy an entire case of cards. You can buy into one team, two teams, three teams, pick how many teams you want for a fraction of the cost of buying the whole case. And they'll open the cases live on video and you get to keep whatever teams you, you paid for. Hmm. So um, the other night, somebody bought into the Blue Jays and they got a, <clears throat> they got a very rare, like one of 10 autographed um, Vlad Guerrero Jr. card autograph. So the guy bought in for like 80 bucks and he got like a $700 card out of that. It's crazy. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. If anybody wants to check it out, <clears throat> look up on Facebook, um, Kep's Clubhouse Breaks. And he's breaking cards on there and you can buy in. We got a couple of the pro ball players that have gotten in there. They're buying cards. I got into a break a while back. I got unlucky. I got in a random team break and got the Orioles. <laughs> I got not, did, you get a, I mean, did you get a Chris Davis one? I did. I got actually. I got a Chris Davis. Um, I'm looking at it right now. I got a Chris Davis refractor, which a refractor is a card that's kind of like holographic. Right. <clears throat> it's worth nothing. But yeah. I did get a Cedric Mullins autograph card, which is cool. And I just found out Cedric Mullins is from the same town I grew up in. Well, okay. the neighboring town. Gotcha. Um, he's their star rookie. He grew up in Snellville, Georgia, and I'm from uh, Loganville. If I had grown up across the street, I would have gone to the same high school he went to. Interesting. But, um, yeah, so he's our big star. I got some of his cards. One of them's autographed. So um, <clears throat> I just started back into it. And, you know, Jeff Keppinger owes me because he got me back into collecting again. But... <laughs> But it's cool. It's fun. It, you know, for 25, 30 bucks, you can get a whole team sometimes. Yeah. And you might get an autograph or a super limited card. And it's fun to watch them break the cards. And it's pretty cool. But awesome. Did you did you ever collect cards? I I did. I have a box up in the attic. Um, like, from, like me. <laughs> yeah, from my childhood. I went through it a few years ago. I think I found a, uh, what did I, what did I find? I know I found a, sh a Kurt Schilling. Um, I'll have to go back up there. I'll have to go back up there again because with a bunch of the guys that we've, you know, gotten to know in these past couple of years, <clears throat> I wonder how many I, you know, that's, if I got a, if I got a Kip Gross or a Steve Avery or you know something along those lines like that. That's kind of exactly what I want to know too. I, <clears throat> I, I had my wife go this summer. She went back to visit her mom, and her mom had a big giant tub of baseball cards i had and i want to go through them you know i mean there's tons of guys we know like kit yeah. gross and steve avery and and um 
oh, I'm trying to think. Well, and Kurt Schilling, and there's a ton of them that we know in the baseball group on Facebook that I wouldn't mind sending them off, get them autographed, just because they're my buddies. Right. See how many of them I got in there. That I just got to go through them all. I've got like 10,000 cards, <laughs> and I just got to sift through all of them. Yeah. But, all right, hey, listen, we've been on here for 45 minutes. We usually try to keep it around 30. You got any topics you want to cover before we go? Well, I was just going to bring up two two things real quick. Go Looking at uh, going, still staying with Aquino here. Okay. So he got he got called up August first. Right. He's had five games since August first since he's gotten called up where he's gone hitless. Okay, so. Pretty much every game he gets a hit in, he hits a home run then. Uh close close to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean his his first uh his first six at bats, he went 0 for six with three K's. And then uh he finally went two for two. Wait, his first six at bats, he went over six. Yep. He went over six. Yep, with six strike with three strikeouts. Wow. And then he went two for two, one for one, one for three, three for four, and then he mixed in a three home run game a couple of days later against the Cubs. Yeah, so it, I mean, he went on a tear where he had one, two, three, four. He had six home runs in four games. Good grief. And, uh, and then pretty much after that, it's almost like every other game he's hit one. He's going to be living life right now. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he's not he's not having peanut butter and jellies anymore and not having to cook on his uh you know, his his hot plate in the hotel rooms after you know an eight eighteen hour bus trip. Not only that, he's the star of the show in Cincinnati now. Yeah, exactly. Like I bet you they're printing banners of him right now. I mean, I mean in, in theory they traded Puig to let him come up. Yeah. So and then uh my, my last my last uh Little plug is that Rafael Devers in a two day span went eight for eight. That's crazy, too. Against, That's against, awesome. against the Indians. And uh, there's only been two players that have done that Going in the history of baseball. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Oh, dude, we almost missed it. How about Aaron Boone saying the MLB should uh, look into the mercy rule? Well, I, I, I would have to agree with that. Um, Are you serious? That shocks me. Well, and but make it after seven, right? So let's let's say a team's up fifteen to one, and you're gonna throw your third string catcher just to save arms. Either either expand the roster to allow at least two or three more pitchers who can eat up those basically worthless innings. Because, it, I mean, let, let's be honest. In 162 games, if you're getting your butt kicked 15 to 1 and it's the 7th or 8th inning, are you really going to give out your full effort at that point? No. Yeah. You, all, you, all you're thinking about is like, dude, let's just get this thing over with so I can go eat and we can go to whatever restaurant and we can hang out and then come back to the yard tomorrow. So I like, I, your, I like your idea of expanding the pitching staff. I would prefer that. <clears throat> give them 13 guys instead of 11. Yeah, I mean, you know, and what, I mean, what's, what's that going to hurt? I mean, absolutely. Nothing, it, gives, it gives guys a chance to show what they can do. Right. 
instead of taking the innings away. I don't like the mercy rule thing. I think <clears throat> I think it's well, we're always changing the game and I hate it. It's it's a game. It happens. You lose eighteen to one, whatever. That gives you the opportunity to put the guys in that never play, give them a chance, show you what they can do. And if you take that away, those guys may never get the shot. That's true. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That may be the only chance that third string right fielder gets to get into a game in the big leagues. So while I take that away, let him get his work in, show you what he can do. And that may make or break his career. Right. Um, That's why I do like your idea of expanding the pitching roster. Or if I'm a GM of a team, I might be scouting differently in the next in you know in the upcoming future and looking for a guy who is a two-way baseball player yeah you know like like an otani um you know granted he hasn't pitched because of his tommy johns but you know how valuable could a position player be if he can come in relieve every third day shoot every seventh day Right. It would still be valuable. I mean, you don't you don't have to use him like a setup man or a closer, but you know what? Hey, the bullpen had a rough night last night. All right, cool. I got an inning in me. Let's go. Or yeah. maybe two, you know? And with how conditioned these guys are, I mean, if he's an outfielder, and I, you know, I, I mean, granted, I was in high school, but I would pitch. I'd throw a complete game, and two days later, I'd turn around and I'd play center field. Right. My arm, it, it didn't, like, it didn't hurt my arm any. No, you know, so I don't, you know, if, if they're conditioned well and you, I guess, you know, with all the pitch counts and stuff like that, you kind of monitor their use. They, they should be fine. I agree. And especially in the national league, because now you gotta, you know, you gotta, you don't have to sub so much because your guy can end up going playing the field Yeah, and he can still hit. I agree. I don't, I, I'm, I'm adamant against the mercy rule. But I do like your ideas. <clears throat> I like that a lot. Um, so, listen, what's coming up this week? Are there any big matchups that you know of? I mean, the Florida-Miami uh, game is awesome. I will be watching that. Yes, and that'll be a will, good one. We will definitely be talking football next Sunday for sure. And then um going to try to get my friend Tavares Keen on here shortly. He um, played at Georgia, then played for the New York Giants. Um, I'm gonna try to get him on here, talk football. Uh, guys, if you played pro sports, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, I made a little comment on there. Don't know what you're so afraid of. Y'all love to talk trash on the internet. <laughs> Invite you to come on here. That's right. Everybody, everybody shuts up. What is going on? Keyboard warriors. On Let's do this. So, um, so anyway. yeah, coming coming up this week, um, the Dodgers are hosting the Yankees. Okay, that should be good. For, for a, a three-game set over the weekend. Um, Atlanta is at New York at the Mets. Okay. So that could be an interesting series there with the Mets kind of surging and, you know, Atlanta holding, holding strong in the East. Um, but the Mets that, have turned out to be a fun team to watch since the All-Star break. Like, yes, they have. They were not fun before the All-Star break. Now it's like, hmm. They, they got something going. Right. 
And as far as series go in baseball, it kind of looks like that's the most significant one as far as playoffs are are going. Um, other than that, a, bu- a bunch of teams, yeah, a bunch of teams that are leading. Um, I mean, I guess the Cubs of Washington's a pretty that could be a significant series as well. You know, it's I mean, it, it we still got a month left to go, but you know how things happen. Right. Yeah, and then it's football, football, football next weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, Clem, Clemson, <clears throat> Georgia I won't even Tech. Be thinking. Clemson, Clemson, Georgia Tech, what? On the 29th. Oh, yeah. Georgia, uh-huh. who does Georgia open with? I think. Georgia Southern uh, School of uh, the Blind? No, I think, hang on. I'm going to tell you. Georgia, Georgia is starting to uh, change the way they schedule. In a few years, they're open against Murray. Uh, no, let's see. No, they open against Vanderbilt, so it's not a cakewalk. But no, not necessarily. But it is. <laughs> but, but you they know, open, this, did you see is, they added? They added. Um, I don't know what year it is, but it's only a couple years off. They opened the season with Alabama in a couple years. Mm. Game opener, Alabama. Boom. Yeah, have fun with that one. Exactly. The big, <clears throat> the highest priced ticket of any college football game on StubHub for the whole season for any team, any team across all of NCAA. Do you know what it is? It was that championship game with Alabama. No, this coming year, this coming year. Oh, this coming year. Yeah. The highest priced ticket on StubHub for the whole season this coming year. You got any idea? Well, it's got to be the largest cocktail party in the world. No, Georgia Notre Dame. Really, the highest priced ticket. Where is it at? Uh, I think it. I think we went and played them. So this time, I think it's at Georgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played them last year or the year before, and so this time it's at Georgia. It's the highest priced ticket that you can get in college football for the regular season. Yeah, that ought to be interesting. But yeah, that it should. That it should. All right, so I'm going to wrap this up. Scott, thank you, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I'll get this I'll get this produced, put it on Spotify. Oh, guys, you can get us on the website, um, prosportstalk.live. You can get us on Spotify. Just search Pro Sports Talk. Look for our logo. You can get us on iTunes and about six other different podcast places so if you want to check out the show on monday morning uh, on your ride to work pick it up check it out tell all your friends about it um send us money you know we we take money so <laughs> you can send me your address i promise i'll send scott his share <laughs> that's our shameless plug for the day <laughs> that's our shameless plug for the day so um anyway scott it's great talking to you we'll talk you next too, week we'll get us some guests on um Steve Avery wants to talk. Um, Tavares King wants to talk. If you can get Kurt Schilling, that would be pretty freaking awesome. Um, we're just getting started, man. This is good. Yes, sir. All right. It's Sunday night. It's time to go back to work. We'll All see right, you man. guys later. Bye. See you, Scott. <laughs>